Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to Episode 1 of Dash Podcast Season 2. Last season, we talked about grief and how it takes a toll on various subjects. This season, I want to expand on that idea by inviting friends and family on to discuss their lives and if and how they went through grief. Before we get into that more, I would like to announce that later this season, we'll be debuting a YouTube channel for this podcast, and we may need your help. Stay tuned for contests via social media at DashPodC. Going back to what I said, though, Season 2 is going to really be about friends and family, their lives, and how they went through grief. Our first guest became a father and lost his own. Enjoy my interview with Michael Rash. Awesome. All right. Um, give a quick three-sentence description of yourself when you were a kid. When I was a kid? Mm-hmm. A three-sentence description of myself. When you were a kid. I was very... Uh, shy. Uh, I was very um, scared, but I was also very aware of how good looking I was. Okay. Um, were you were you more close with your mom or your dad? Um, as a child, I think I was more close to my mother. Um, as I got older, I became closer with my dad. I always felt like I was, my brother was his, his, you know, favorite. Mm -hmm. How'd you get closer to your dad? Uh, by working with him and taking interest in the things that he did. Um, he... And what did he do? He owned a um, gas station and repair shop. And I started working there when I was old enough to work at 14, I believe, maybe 16. I can't really recall. Um, but I started doing that and I learned how to work on cars and things like that and took an interest in, in, in that. So, hmm. Okay. And what was it like being a kid and growing up in, in New Jersey or where you grew up in New Jersey? Um, it was really great. Uh, we had a great home, um, lived on a great street. My parents always made sure that we had everything we ever wanted. And then looking back now, being an adult and having one child, I can't imagine <laughs> how he survived yeah. raising three. Um, and then a fourth on top of it when they adopted my older sister. And that was what in the... 80s? I, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in the late 70s, grew mm -hmm. up in the 80s and 90s. Um, my brother followed a few years after me and my sister seven years after me. So it was all throughout the 80s and most of the 90s. Yeah. Nice. And what is one memory that pops in your head of being a kid in Jersey? Because you weren't a kid down here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being a kid in Jersey was just being outside all the time and playing. Mm -hmm. You know, our whole area we grew up in we had woods behind our house and, and we were friendly with all our neighbors so we could you know we could just run through all the the back 
woods of everybody's houses and play. And mm-hmm. we had a big gravel pit in the back. We used to play down there when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> but that's where we go. And it, it was just all the time outside playing. You don't see that anymore nowadays with all this technology. Mm-hmm. Kids don't quite get how uh, what they're missing out on, I guess you could say. It was also that, I mean, it was a scary, scarier world now than it is then. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure it was scary then. It was just not um, as noticed because of social media well, we, nowadays. We weren't aware as kids. True. Like they are now. Yeah. You know, things happened back then, and we just didn't hear about it because we didn't have social media. And us as kids, we were too worried about, you know, who has cooties rather than, you know, who, who has coronavirus or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not something you ever worried about. You just you went out, you played, you got dirty, you did what you did. and, and Suffer the consequences. <laughs> you, know, you, you split something open, whatever, you mm-hmm. just had to, you know. That was my brother more than me. He's more accident prone than anybody because he's always doing some dumb stuff, but... You know, I can't say that has changed in life either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so what age did you move to Tampa? Uh, I was 22, and I was two months shy of my 23rd birthday. All right. It was Um, the year 2000. What are three sentences that describe 22-year-old Michael? Um, 22-year-old Michael was uh, definitely more sure of himself. He was very cocky. Um, again, he was so scared. He's starting out a new adventure on, a, on his own, um, all by himself, very, very far away from everybody. Um, and another sentence to describe me would probably be, um, I don't really know. Um, you know, like I said, sure of myself, scared, uh, more outgoing, definitely, mm-hmm. compared to what I was a child. I was more growing into myself and, and, and realizing who I was as a person. Okay. If you hear that noise, that's our dog. <laughs> um, what did that move entail? How, how long did it take you? And Well, it didn't take long. Um, Were you by yourself? I was by myself. I drove down by myself in my Jeep Cherokee. Um, I packed up whatever I could fit into that, and that's what I came down to Florida oh. with. Did you leave um, a lot of stuff up there? I did. Uh, most of which I've gotten back <laughs> since my mother moved here. But I um, I moved down here without a bed, nowhere to live, no job. Um, so I packed up, drove down. Um, I think I did it over the course of just a couple days. I think I stopped and slept in the car. Made it down here and stayed in a hotel for three days until I got hired at a place. And they gave me a letter. And I was able to get my apartment in Tampa, which was right outside of Raymond James Stadium. Okay, so back in September of 2001, something scary happened. Tell the millions of people (laughs) what happened. The millions of people were the five that listened to this. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) So in 2001, um, maybe a little bit prior to that, I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. Um, It's hard to put a really exact date on it. But I was made aware of my father having stomach issues and things like that, and he was going to have it checked out. Um, and, um, yeah, so he went, and we were told that he just had to have surgery. Um, and 
I don't quite remember what exact exactly the surgery entailed or what they were looking for, what they were going to do. Um, but as we were sitting, cause I come back up to Jersey during this time and during the, the waiting for the doctor to come out and tell us how everything went, it was taking a lot longer than expected. And my mother kept saying to me that there was something wrong or something wrong that she just knew it. And when they finally did come out, they made us aware that my father had cancer um, and then it was stage four. So you're in Tampa for a year on your own and pretty much just living a life a 23-year-old would, 22, 23-year-old would, and then this bombshell just drops on you. Right. Um, it was pretty much... I think about it or think back then, you know, everything's such a blur, but you know, you find out that one of your parents has cancer and they tell you it's colon cancer. And, you know, this is the parent that, you know, never really ever drank that I saw. We would go out to dinner, be a beer or so, um, didn't smoke, things like that. He worked his butt off and he worked his butt off and he was only 49 when we found out about it, so you're looking about 2000, yeah, into 2001, he was 49 going on 50. Um, when we discovered this, so he's pretty young at that time. They're telling you, well, you know, you don't go in for colonoscopies and things like that at that age. You're too young, you're too young. Well, come to find out, he wasn't too young. And if they would have checked him sooner, they probably would have caught it earlier and been able mm-hmm. to treat it. Unfortunately, they didn't. So. Um, what was your family's reaction? I mean, obviously it was sad and lost, but your passing, did it build it, your family up? Did it tear it down? Because, you know, when that sort of thing happens, I mean, it, it tends to tear a family down. Well, when we found out, I think everyone rallied and, and, and we all had hope that he would be able to fight it. My dad was such a larger than life person and um, so many people know him. He's a big guy and you know, we just, you know, you see your father he's like, as one of the strongest people you ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never really um, fell away from that persona that, that that we all knew. He was just always my father and, and the big, strong, you know, happy guy. Um, you know, I think as time went on... Um, you know, he, he just kept fighting it. You know, he was doing his chemotherapy and things like that. And, you know, but our family stayed strong and everybody was, was really um, um, connected and, and really there to support him. You know, I was there as much as I could be. Right. Um, living all the way living, down Living down in, in Florida. Did you fly um, up there often or like when you I found out and all that? did fly up there often. Um, quite a bit. Um, back and forth, back and forth, um, just to make sure everything was going okay and being there for, for things like that and important moments and things like that. So, um, yeah, I do remember the initial shock of seeing my father after he started chemo and then all his hair started turning white, which is very weird. Not that he had a ton of hair because he was small, <laughs> but um, the hair that he did have, his mustache, everything, it turned, turned you know, gray and white and it seemed like it happened overnight which I think was effects from the chemo. Right. All right.
how would you describe your dad? Uh, my father was, <clears throat> like I said earlier, he was a big, um, happy guy from what I saw. I mean, he was um, always doing what he could to uh, make sure that all the kids were taken care of. Um, he worked hard at what he did. Um, you know, he was, I feel like he was the person that, um, everybody went to if they needed to talk about something or they needed some advice on something. He was kind of like the glue that kept the family and the, the extended mm -hmm. family together. Um, so when he know. passed the extended family and you guys weren't, when I mean, he, you guys still when talked, he passed, the immediate family was good. Um, you know, his, his brothers are still both alive and, and they're still, um, involved in our lives as much as they can be. Um, but it seemed like after my father died and we had some more issues go on in the family medically, that things were starting to fray a little bit. Um, the two brothers were, were at each other's throats over the dumbest stuff. Um, you know, and it's just, everybody grieves in their own way. And I guess mm -hmm. they were just, they didn't have their ally. My dad wasn't there to be the referee like he always was because he was the oldest. Um, right. So it just it hit everybody really hard. Do you have a favorite memory of your dad? Oh, favorite memories of my dad. I don't know. There's not one in particular. I mean, he was always mm -hmm. there for everything. You know, I was the, the kid that did the, the plays and stuff like that. And he was there and he recorded them all. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess a funny memory is we had this contest in high school called Mr. EHT. So all the senior guys that signed up would have to do certain acts. They'd have to do a physical fitness act and they'd have to do a questionnaire. They would have to do a... So like a Miss America. Like, but yeah, for, for, for the guys from for high school. Guys. And, yeah. And, um, you know, we all had to do a talent and I have no discernible talent <laughs> whatsoever. So um, <laughs> I decided to dress in drag and and an old girlfriend of mine decided to dress as MC's cat cat wide dresses Paul Abdul and we <laughs> did opposite to track and get home to watch it and the entire time my dad's recording the show and hit the pause button when it was my turn not realizing he was doing the opposite of what he's supposed to be doing and I didn't get to see it until years and years later because somebody that I went to high school actually had a copy and I finally got to see it that's awesome <laughs> do you think that copy's still around today Oh, it's somewhere. out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, did you have a nickname for each other? Like, you know, Pops or since, you know, no, he's a he's, senior, you're the junior. No, it was always, it was the thing, he was always Mike and I was always Michael. I see. Um, because I am a junior and him being a senior, but that's how, and even to this day, when people ask me if I recall, prefer to be called Mike or Michael, I would say Michael. It's just the way it is. Because, you know, yep. you know, my dad was always Mike. I was always Michael. So. And so, you know, he didn't have a nickname for you. Or... Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> it wasn't like I'll find that later when I talk to your parents. Yeah, well. it's not like you went around and called me Sunny Boy or a Junior or anything like that. <laughs> Is there a particular lesson learned from your dad? Um, just to be a hardworking stand-up guy. Um, you know, as, as you grow up and you develop into the person you are, you realize that you have parts of both your parents. <laughs> And, but my dad was always, I never saw my dad get really angry. I mean, I know, I know mm -hmm. he got upset and stuff like that, but he never, 
um, was just like so angry that he would yell and scream or anything like that. Neither of my parents really were. Um, so, <laughs> <Mine were. laughs> so the biggest lesson I learned from that is just to work hard and, and do what you do. And, um, you know, hopefully the rewards come your way. Now, is there any lessons that you learned from your dad? Like you just said that you would, that your daughter like has learned from you. Um, I'm hoping that she, maybe it's the sense of humor. Um, we do have a very dry sense of humor. My father <laughs> was always that way. I'm that way. My daughter's definitely that way. Um, but she's also kind and she's humble, which is another thing. Yes. I, I have always been proud of, of, um, the way I was built and my looks and things like that. But, um, you have to be humble. I'm not the most handsome, beautiful man in the world. I know this. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's a big thing. It's just, he was always just so kind and humble. Um, about what he did, he never bragged about, you know, anything he did in life. Do you think that was like, what he valued most or I think what he valued most in life was just his family, his family. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was, he was, uh, a family man through and through home every night for dinner, you know, and my mom, I don't think I ever saw him fight. Um, I'm sure they had their arguments, you know, but right. what marriage doesn't, but you know, they were married until the day he died. And, and that's just something that you don't see nowadays very much. Just being a family man, being there for all his kids, for everything yeah. he did, no matter what. So he, he expressed his most joy when he was with his family. Yeah, imagine working a full-time job, owning your own business, and then being there for all three of your kids for everything they did. True. You know, whether, you know, I was doing plays and running track, and my sister and brother being swimmers and then swimmies, and just the amount of time and energy. I'm like, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What about a time where he felt embarrassed? Do you? He felt embarrassed. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. Do you, were you around? Like, have uh, you ever? I mean, I, nope. No, not that I ever recall. But mm -hmm. you know, you look at your parents through rose-colored glasses. I think as a child, true. Everything they oh, do yeah. is amazing, and they're your parents. And um, if it, yeah, it's and, embarrassed. It's just a joke. But or I something. don't think he ever. No, I mean. No, he took everything well, in stride. What was his laugh like? Like it was loud. I know, like like like, like if, yours. If or... I could describe it, no. So so you, you know, us being together for almost six years now, um, you know, when I laugh, it gets out of control. When I really, really laugh, but I have this way when I do this, like ha, really loud, ha, you know. So yeah, he did it. <laughs> I know that's where it's from, but it's not something I can just replicate. You know, it's no. just something that happens when I'm watching, you know, and I know you're aware of it because I've done it plenty of times. So you know exactly what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. The yep. listeners won't get it, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, he used to do it. Yeah. Um, was he always, well, I know you're an early person to like events or wherever. Was he always that way? Uh, or was your know. mom always the one dragging him? No, I don't really know. I think they, as best they could with having three children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel like they got to go a lot of places. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure they were. No, they would be early because, you know, I'd have to be there for plays and they would be there. And, and you know, think we have to get there early. Excuse me. Um, 
So yeah, no, I don't really. I don't think they ever paid attention to that. Yeah, what was his favorite color? Do you remember? Uh, I know it's been so long. It's been. To be honest, I don't really know. No. Um, what my dad's favorite color was? I'm gonna say blue. His, but I'm not sure. His his favorite kind of music, the music that he listened to. I mean, it was oh, like meatloaf. Like well, him, that kind my of mom's thing. a big meatloaf fan, but I'm pretty sure he enjoyed it as well. They like Neil Diamond. Um, like I think Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> so all the Jersey. Oh, but did, one of his favorite songs is Heart, um, by Donna Summer. He loves. She works hard for the money. He mm-hmm. loved Miami Sound Machine with Gloria Stefan. Um, actually got to work one of her shows as a security guard. Um, I think he had a wide range and it depends, you know, he grew up in the, in the fifties. So you have all that music up until the stuff. And he, he would always let me listen to whatever mm-hmm. I wanted in the car, which I don't know sometimes how parents deal that. <laughs> they do it cause they love it. Yeah. yeah yours. <laughs> Mine never did. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, was there a piece of clothing or something that else that your dad wore that you found characteristic of them? My father? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, my father's a big dude. I always remember him in pants. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, working in, in the industry he was in, and he worked for different gas companies, you know, he always wore slacks or whatever. Or when he worked at the, when we owned the gas station, he always had his, his work pants, which are kind of like Dickies, I guess. Um, but, you know, he – and he always wore his collared shirts. But, you know, I always just remember his white – I'm pretty sure white V-neck mm-hmm. T-shirts when he was – you know, when he wasn't working. He always had his white V-neck T-shirt. Yeah, white V-neck undershirts. Yeah? Yeah, I remember them. How how, how did he impact your life? Um, Well, he taught me to, to be a responsible – uh, man, um, even though, you know, he wasn't here to see a lot of things that I've done as a man, he told me to be responsible and, and you have to, um, live with the decisions you've made in life. And, you know, that's what has driven me to be so responsible in life. I'm not one of those people that can just say, yeah. I'm not going to do it today. I just get up. I do it. You know, I have things to pay for, I have responsibilities to do. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I have a child that's almost 18 and I've taken, made sure I've paid every child support payment and things like that. You just you have responsibilities. You know, you, it's your bed. You've made it. You have to lie in it. So, yeah. What do you wish you had said to him before he had died? Um, I wish he had known who I truly was deep down. Um, I never got the chance to tell him that. Um, I was gay. It would have been really hard. I got kind of got caught when I was a teenager and routed so, out to my parents and it <laughs> didn't go very well. So I was kind of afraid, but I wish he would have known the full. Do you think that he knew deep down? He just absolutely. didn't want to. Well, yeah, he, well, he caught you. I mean, yeah, I, but that, I think but. he knew deep down. I don't think he really honestly cared. It's just something you have to come to terms with. And I think he, would have been proud of me, no mm-hmm. matter what. Of course, this is my father. They always he was are. so loving and caring that he would have. It would have been fine. How do you honor his memory? Um, just by kind of passing down um, the things I've, I guess, just inherited from him. You know, 
um, it's hard to look back as, you know, when you're a teenager, you, you never look and, and, and realize how short a time you could have, you know, all those teenagers yeah. I worked for them, you know, um, I got to spend time with them and learn stuff from them. Um, you know, and then and I got in my twenties. No, and I got into my twenties and I decided to move to Florida. Um, you know, it's just, it was tough to, you know, life is so fleeting. You just don't realize how fast it goes by. Did, did he have a signature saying something he's always said? Not that I remember. No, no. You know, you know most of, I think that's safe for sitcoms or TV shows. Yeah. You know, somebody has that one line that they always say, but, or a catchphrase, but I don't think he ever had a catchphrase. Not that I remember, but you never know. Yeah. I have to ask my mom. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Now, for the most famous podcast segment in all podcast world, Dash Weird. This is where I read you three articles that are the most strangest articles and things happening in this world today. But I've been listening to what you've been telling me all throughout social media, and I'll be giving you weird facts rather than articles. But then it also got me thinking, because this podcast has to do with life through death, I would share a history fact as well. Sometimes weird, sometimes not. And a strange fact. So let's get it going. No, this may be on episode. This may not be on this episode. I have okay. So I ask every guest that visits me to give me a word or phrase I can Google and explore on my next episode. A word or phrase. I think you want to play the next one. Is that right? Hey Google, cancel. That was perfect. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't say those words. Okay. All right. So a word or phrase that you can go on there and find out and see what it's all about. Yep. And I'll do that on my next episode. All right. So you want me to give you a word or a phrase. Yep. That you can explore. Yep. All right. I'll give you a couple words. Or just, okay. Right. Whatever. Mise en place. Spelling. M I S. E N P L P L P L A C E. I think that's how it's spelled. I'm not sure. It's okay. Like, pretty sure it's like a French. Okay. Mise en place. 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 That was going to be fun. All right. And the next. Oh, oh no. I thought you said that you had a couple. No, no. It's a couple of words. Like, it's, oh, it's, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I, have, I do have another one if you want. Distribution center. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, some words you can't just you can't say. So there's mispronounced words. The thirty second game challenge. The um, the assistant game mm-hmm. with with good old G O O G L E. Yes. Or guess the motto. 
guess the motto. Mm-hmm. Different like brands, their okay. mottos. Let's do guess the motto. All right. Guess the motto. So, I'm loving it. It's McDonald's. Okay. Melts in your mouth, not your hands. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands? That's mm-hmm. M&M's. Bet you can't eat just one. Uh, it's a potato chip. It's Ruffles. Or Lay's. Yep. <laughs> Advancement through technology. Advancement through technology. Ooh, this is like um, this is um, this is like something that's, that has to do with the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I feel like it is. No, advancement through technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> UPS, no, nope. or something. It was Audi. Audi. Mm-hmm. The car company. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, imagination at work. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Imagination at work. We'll imagination. we'll come back to that one. Shave time, shave money. Shave time, shave money. Mm-hmm. As in save time, save money, but like a play on words. Mm-hmm. Is it a shave company? Yeah. Gillette? Nope. Bic? Nope. <laughs> um, Dollar Shave Club. Oh. <laughs> Open happiness. Oh, I know this one. Open happiness. Is it Amazon? Nope. <sighs> Open happiness. I know it. I know I know it. Open happiness. It's a beverage company. Coke? Yep. (laughs) Because you're worth it. I know this one too. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to... Because... uh, uh, it's a hair company, right? Mm-hmm. It's a hair. Uh, L'Oreal. L'Oreal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Words or phrases you can uh, <laughs> learn to pronounce. <laughs> Think different. Oh, man. You probably just saw it, but. No, I didn't. I don't remember. I don't know. I think it's different. Uh, Apple. That's apples? Mm-hmm. Really? It's finger licking good. KFC. Um, just do it. Nike. Simperfy. <laughs> Simperfy? S-E-M. Yeah, that's the that yes. friggin' Marine Corps. All right. <laughs> the first fact we have today is a history fact, which isn't weird, but on this date, February 26th, 1951, the 22nd Amendment was added to the Constitution, limiting the presidency for two terms. Our next fact that we have is going to be a current weird fact which is supermarket apples can be a year old these weird facts might have you changing the way you eat those fresh apples aren't all that fresh 
They're usually picked between August and November, covered in wax, hot, air-dried, and sent into cold storage. After 6 to 12 months, they finally land on your grocery store shelves. That's strange. And as much as we really love those dad jokes, this one is one of my favorites. Are you ready? Yesterday, I ate a clock. It was very time-consuming, especially when I went back for seconds. What is your Twitter handle? It's at MichaelRash3. That's the number three. At MichaelRash underscore. No underscore. No. At MichaelRash3. Yeah. All right. At MichaelRash3. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-S-H and the number three. I'm glad that my fiance knows my Twitter handle. Thank you <laughs> for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was a lovely conversation. Thank you. I, ho- I hope I didn't bring any sadness to you. I hope I brought joy, joyfulness and memories. No, there's no sadness at all. I've had plenty of time to uh, heal, you know, but at least it brings back some good memories and memories of my childhood and my dad. Of course. Well, that's it. Well, thank you. I hope you have a great night. Have a dashing day. Oh, fantastic. Well, listeners, this has been our show. Thanks for joining us today. A special thank you to Michael for being on our show. If you would like to follow him on social media, his handle is at MichaelRash3. If you like to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., or your favorite podcast app, please do so and follow us on social media at DashPodC. Thank you and have a dashing day.